I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Welcome back to Donnie and Jordan Tackle the Hallway. <laughs> the sanding is finished, mm-hmm. finally. Woo. Good work, Jordan. Not the... so much good work, me. <laughs> <laughs> is this the fourth weekend? Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, fourth by your count, fifth by mine. Okay. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe just four, because we did, uh, our last episode was titled Three and a Half, right? Two and a half. Two and a half? Oh. So yeah, this is probably four. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, sanding is done. We'll never sand this project again. No. A lot of good sandpaper has fallen to this project. And good sand blocks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's positive in one sense. We still didn't get the coverage of the nail holes that we wanted, I would say. And it's kind of a lost cause at this point. Um, but we wanted to, this weekend finish all the sanding, and then try a technique that we found online. (laughs) I'll try to find the blog again and relink it. We did a lot of research. Yeah. By a lot of research, I think it is fair to say when Jordan says blog, she means a print-to-PDF copy (laughs) of a woodwork magazine from, what, 2007, was it? Yeah. In deep. Yeah. Woodworking internet is vast and populous and also deep <laughs> like contains multitudes yeah i got there are a lot of woodworking magazines that post their stuff to the internet and the stuff that i was looking at maybe just because of my topic i don't know was <laughs> old it was old and um i'm glad it was there so we did our best to do research on what you do if you're trying to stain something that has wood glue on it that won't take the stain. Mm-hmm. And everyone's recommendation was not to get wood glue on your shit in the first place. <laughs> a lot of great uh, proactive tips, not as many great recovery tips. Yeah, we watched a really cool YouTube video where a guy used painter's tape to mm. prevent the glue leak, which was really interesting. Yeah, wildly professional. Yeah, something that maybe would have been helpful for us in terms of the seams Mm. now that i think about it yeah but that's neither here nor there because we are past that point we did not do this research preemptively no we should definitely link that video though so people can see it preemptively and like retain that man's knowledge yeah but what i found that seemed like it would be the most helpful is this technique called wet sanding and wet sanding has sort of a variety of uses It seems in the automotive industry that you wet sand a paint finish to make it really shiny. And similarly, in woodworking, you can wet sand, like, the final veneer of something, the final, like, poly finish, to make it really, really shiny. That's not what we were trying to do. We wanted to wet sand with stain Mm. to make the glue stain like the same stain color as the wood around it which is what this print to pdf magazine recommended this wasn't an idea that we no we weren't adapting the idea to our uses this is literally what we were told to do 
in a situation, like he was in the same situation we were in. He was finishing a piece that had wood glue on it and was staining it. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to try that this weekend. And we did. I took a piece of, we only have 150 grit sandpaper left. So that's what I was using. And in my defense, they did say that you should use your finishing sandpaper. Like you don't want to really coarse sandpaper in this situation. Mm. Makes sense, Kai. Yeah. And I dipped it in the stain that we had left. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty wet, I would say. <laughs> like I, as I was sanding, I could definitely feel the difference between when it was applying stain and then when I ran out of stain. Um, yeah. And it started to show up really well on the wood. You could definitely tell that we were applying more stain to the wood. Like the places I was sanding were getting way darker and there was a significant line of demarcation between where I had sanded and where I hadn't. Yeah. In defense of all these articles, YouTube videos, it looked pretty good on the wood. Yeah. Like I think it is an interesting technique to explore in future projects, but it was not particularly helpful for this project. No, it did nothing to the wood glue. So we're going to pivot and we're going to paint. My mom's going to be really mad. <laughs> um, but, well, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> this is all very fresh. Yeah. I had done some preemptive research about painting just to see what was out there to see like if we did have to paint because the wet sanding didn't work, what our options would be. Mm-hmm. If you recall initially the like, OG plan was to paint the coat rail white like the rest of the trim in the house. Mm -hmm. That's still available to us. We just kind of decided that wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. Didn't think it would look well. Thought we decided it would look good. Like it would be a solid aesthetic and be like pleasing, fine, whatever. But that it would just be kind of fine. And that we picked this wallpaper to do something maybe a little over the top (laughs) that painting this coat rail the same as the trim and just having the white against the blue wouldn't really be as uh, dramatic of an impact as we were going for when i was doing the research about paints i was kind of thinking we could do like a yellowish color which would maybe look nice with the blue wallpaper Mm -hmm. we could do a bluish color which would kind of like complement the blue wallpaper all very light colors and all very like traditional trim colors quote unquote um and my mom pointed out as i was floating this idea to her that it might look weird if the coat wearer were off white next to the stark white trim and so for a while i was thinking well we could just repaint the whole trim in the hallway because honestly the hallway is pretty self-contained mm-hmm. Um, there's not like trim that wraps from the hallway into the rest of the apartment. There probably should be, but there isn't. (laughs) So all of these were valid options. But as I was looking on Pinterest for things that were like, I often turn to Pinterest to see what other people are doing relative to the projects I'm trying to do. So if you remember the inspo for this project originally came from Pinterest Mm -hmm. and then as everything was kind of like going to shit i started looking at other coat rail projects on pinterest just to see like how are people making this work and people who had done coat rails that i really liked were kind of universally painting the coat rail the same color as the bottom half of the wall Mm -hmm. 
So there would be like one continuous color from the floor to the top of the coat rail, and then a second color above the coat rail. And we've already solidified our color above the coat rail. It's going to be our wallpaper. Done. Yes. So now we needed to get a paint that would go with that. So basically, surprise, we're repainting the hallway. Woo! Yeah, we basically looked at the project <laughs> that we were already a little bit in over our heads with and decided to fucking ante up. <laughs> and uh, here we are. So to start our painting, we took a look at, I don't know, a couple different websites. Um, and then we decided to get HGTV with it and help us imagine it. We're going to use one of those apps people are always fucking touting. And turns out, none of them were particularly good. Yeah, I don't... I mean, it's been... I never... Okay. (laughs) Let's take it back. I often see influencers using these apps. They're created by paint companies. So Bear has one. Sherwin-Williams has one. I think Benjamin Moore has one. That allow you to shop for paint in the app. Mm -hmm. This makes a lot of sense. If you're a company, you should have an app to sell people things. It's just like... An app purchases very good. Yes. (laughs) And... I feel like when I see influencers talking about these things, there's a way for you to take a photo of your room and apply the paint virtually to the wall so that you can see what it looks like. And we were like, oh, this would be a good idea because we have the wallpaper sample up. We have the coat rail up, ostensibly. (laughs) So we could try some of our ideas virtually. And I couldn't figure out how to do that in either the Bear app or the Sherwin-Williams app. The Sherwin-Williams app was telling me that I needed to buy a Bluetooth, like, color-matching device that kind of looked like a flashlight. Wow. um, And connect it to my app. Wow. (laughs) That was wild. And then the Bear app was giving us all of these stock photos of rooms in, like, very traditional large houses that we could use to apply their paint colors. But, like, that's already happening on their website. So I don't know if I was missing the functionality or if we weren't looking at the right app or what was going on. But that was a complete dud of an experience. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty lame. I feel a little bit like they're just apps for the sake of apps, which is sometimes what companies do, right? Like it's easy to pull their website content into an app and say that you have an app. It's a little more marketable in some ways Um, or not like more marketable, but it just increases the reach of your website. Um, But yeah, none of them are particularly good. So uh, watch out for APT26 UX. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Could you imagine? No. Um, what we did decide to do was go with some Pharaoh and Ball colors. I really like the shopping experience at Pharaoh and Ball. I've been to their store and I've been on their website and obviously we ordered from their website this time because we're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I find that they have a good curated selection of colors. But, like, enough colors that you can say, oh, I like this green, but I want it to be grayer, or I like this green and I want it to be browner. You know, like, you have a range of options in either direction, which is my beef with a lot of curated color palettes, Mm -hmm. is that you can't go a little bit one way or a little bit the other. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, I think probably my style is a little more in sync with pharaoh and ball and so those 
colors work for me. Like, if you remember, um, our bedroom color, Gravitas, is based off of Farron Ball's Off Black. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to try a number of things from them, some of them pretty bold, and some of them less bold. <laughs> we wanted to be sure that we weren't just like painting over the taupe that is there with a color that is very similar to taupe, either like slightly browner or slightly grayer. <laughs> slightly taupe or slightly less taupe. <laughs> For the purposes of doing so, like we didn't want it to look like we had missed, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah we're trying a lot of things and at first we were just kind of freeballing and being like oh we like this we like that and then i didn't feel like we were trying enough options like i don't just want to look at two and be like yes this is it right if you recall the way that i picked the bedroom black you'll know that that's not how i roll with picking paint colors oh really i mean we had a lot of wallpaper choices too yeah we, we like a good spread yeah, so I also went on to Pinterest, and I'm pretty sure that our wallpaper is an Art Nouveau pattern. Again, Ish, this is yeah. not my my forte by any means, but I basically just looked up like Art, Art Nouveau interiors and started looking at the color palettes that existed, and there were a lot of blues, like the blues that we're working with, and I noticed that there was also a ton of green, um, a ton of like brown, gold, yellow, orange. Mm -hmm. There's some red, but obviously we're not doing red. <laughs> um, and so I just started like picking paint colors that were sort of in these palettes because I think that this is, it's the aesthetic I'm trying to cultivate. I don't know exactly if you feel the same. No, I mean, I think I do. I, I think it works though, Herman. I mean, Art Nouveau, um, was like a return to a fantasy pastoral in response to the industrial revolution right and so there's a lot of earth tony stuff but like really like glamorous earth tone which is why everything is so bright and in your face as opposed to just like ocean blue it's like water watching after drinking absinthe blue you know <laughs> <laughs> and shit like that so i think we have a lot of kind of earthy tones in here really like we have are like teal seafoamy kitchen and bathroom which is what i think we need to be careful matching with that's something that i'll have to really think about when we see the colors uh we have the taupe we have the black um even as like fantasy as it is i would say our like wallpaper in the small i was gonna call it a hallway but it's really more the of boxway. Like, <laughs> a boxway boxway <laughs> has like earth tone right it's very like minerally like it's silver yeah. Like a kind of coal black and a gold. Um, and that, I think, is even Art Nouveau-y in those, that kind of earth tone that's like, yeah, just like glamorous fantasy-esque. It has like the squiggle and the, the circular aspects to it. Um, so I think it's all in tone. I would say, I, I don't know, are we teasing the colors or are we going to reveal the colors? Either way. Uh, we don't have pictures of the colors yet. They yeah. haven't been received, so... That's fair. I would say, so we got one... I would say one of our bolder ones. We got an orange, um, which is interesting, I think. <laughs> 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 I think it's either going to look uh, really psychedelic in a cool way, or it's just going to be obvious that it's too much. And I don't think there's going to really be an in-between. No. Um, but beyond that, I would say we got tones that 
the match that's going on in here, but maybe are a little poppier, that pop more, than some of what's in, especially in the living space, the kitchen and the living room. It's interesting because you never really see Art Nouveau in, like, a design magazine. I think I've only ever seen Art Nouveau interiors in museums Mm. as sort of, like, a commentary on a historical time period. Right. But I feel like Art Nouveau is almost in some ways what our style is. It's, like, very just, like, too much almost for the sake of being too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I am pretty excited. I am a little freaked out by the orange. I feel like it could very clearly just be, like, why is that hallway so wild? (laughs) But also maybe it'll be really cool. So um, I'm open. Um... Yeah, I think it's going to be good yeah. overall. I'm excited with the way that the project is going and not necessarily, like, mourning the death of our original idea. <laughs> you got to pivot a bitch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for the colors. I think they'll be good. I You picked out a green that was particularly cool um, and one that I think, much like the orange, but for different reasons, is either going to look really good or not, but it's this cool... I don't know, you picked it. How would you describe it? Which green are you talking about? The the one that was like the sofa in the Pinterest pick. Oh, yeah. So I was pushing for green. You were pushing away from green for a reasonable reason, which is that we have green paint elsewhere in the house mm-hmm. that is visible from the oh. hallway. And we don't want it, again, to look like we just kind of like missed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really like this as like metaphor. <laughs> it's like something about it is very picture book to me as if like, this kid is like painting part of the hallway and then just skips like half <laughs> half the house to go paint another part. Um, so I didn't, I see that concern, but I think in looking at our inspo picks, green is such a classic Art Nouveau color mm. that it would have been a mistake not to try it. Mm-hmm. And so we are trying a very light sort of aqua color. And then we're trying more of like a brown green. Or yeah. like a yellow green. That um, sounds gross. Yeah, that it sounds gross. Sound gross. Is not gross. <laughs> but it is. I don't know. Maybe I'll just link the website pics in the show notes so people can at least like see what we're doing. But yeah. it's a very earthy tone, and it's a very. Um, I don't want to say sage because it is green. You know, it's not like a green leaning brown. Mm. It's. I don't know. I'll just, yeah, it's the, hard to explain. In the. Um, inspo pick that we were looking at i would say that was more of like a like a chartreuse color but we didn't go that hard what does that even mean like yellow green Mm. yeah not like that no but i think that like you were saying art nouveau is very based in the colors of nature but sort of um amplified Mm -hmm. and Mm, so that's a good way to describe it i think that's what we're trying to do yeah yeah, then we went with some light and dark, too. The light being the greenish one, or a greenish one. And then we did one that's called Mahogany, which is, like, a dark brown with purple hues. Um, and that, as with, I feel, a lot of paints that have, like, essence of, is either going <laughs> to be, like, we put Barney up on the wall, or will be, like, a very cool dark brown, which will help bring out, I feel like, the lightness in the blue wallpaper. 
See, but that's what I like about Pharaoh and Ball is that it, they have several dark brown paint colors and you can kind of choose your undertones. Like we were looking at a different one that was more of a reddish brown and we decided not that, mm-hmm. that we wanted to go with more of the purple undertones. Yeah. So that one could look really good too, I think. I mean, I think all the paints we got have the potential to look really good and be really interesting. And I like that we have really a pretty wide smattering from like yeah. orange to more reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We also ordered the wallpaper mm-hmm. in full because last weekend after I sanded a bunch and got basically nowhere, I was like, this project needs a win. <laughs> So we ordered the wallpaper, and if you recall from the very first episode, I was thinking that the wallpaper for this project was going to cost about the same as the wallpaper for the boxway project, because even though there's more hallway in the hallway, we were only doing half of it. Mm -hmm. We didn't end up going with temp paper, so it wasn't like an apples to apples sort of comparison. And when I was ordering the samples from Mitchell Black, I don't even remember what they cost, to be honest with you. They were like 10 bucks, maybe 12. Yeah, like it wasn't expensive. Um, but I didn't really look at the full price of what their wallpaper would be because I figured it was going to be mostly on par. And it turns out that that's not the case. I ordered $600 worth of wallpaper, which is basically double what the box weight cost. And I wonder also now that I'm thinking about it, we picked that like natural paper texture. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we had gone with the vinyl texture, if it had bit would have been more on par because temp paper paper definitely has a vinyl texture. It's matte, right. but you're not confusing it for paper. So Decidedly not paper. So I don't know if this is uh, Mitchell Black's price across the board, if we made some decisions that were perhaps more expensive than others, but I did my math twice (laughs) just to make sure. I ordered a little bit extra paper because I think I mentioned in the last episode it's custom printed, so if you run out, they might not be able to color match it. Mm. So they they recommend that you get extra. And then they offer a couple different sizes of rolls. So I mixed and matched the size rolls that we needed in order to get the volume of paper that we needed for the cheapest price. Mm. So it was like 564 or something. And then the next day I got an email from them that was like, hey, can you um, explain to us what you're trying to do? <laughs> it seems as if you've ordered <laughs> multiple sizes of the same thing. and uh... Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like I was happy that they did reach out to me because if I had ordered the wrong thing, I want to be aware of that before I get $600 worth of wallpaper we can't use and can't return. <laughs> right. So I explained to them, I gave them our dimensions. Um, our ceiling is not level, so there are places where we need 45 inches of wallpaper and places where we need 43 inches of wallpaper. So I was explaining all of this to them, and they were like, oh great, it looks like you did your math right, but um, with the repeat of the wallpaper, you're going to have a lot of waste with what you ordered, so what we can do is custom print you four foot long sheets that are going to line up horizontally the whole way around and then do that for the same price as what you ordered. So 
we didn't save any money, but we're going to get something that's like way easier to deal with. Because if you remember from the boxway episode, we were talking about the repeat of the pattern having to like move the strips up and down mm-hmm. to get the pattern to repeat horizontally. While it falls on top of you like a monster trying to eat you. <laughs> and also that created a ton of waste because mm-hmm. there was like two feet of wallpaper sometimes that we just couldn't use. Yeah. And so in this case, we're going to eliminate a lot of waste as well. And because they were already custom printing the paper, this was something they could do for us. So it wasn't the cheapest option, but I'm really excited to try it because we basically got a bespoke order of exactly what we needed. Yeah, pretty cool. And I am really excited about this natural textured wallpaper because from the sample, I really like the way it looks. It definitely has more of like a paper feel. Yeah. Yeah, that was something we noticed pretty immediately when we put up the samples because yeah. we were working with both companies and different iterations from both companies. And we were like, oh, oh, damn. Yeah. So I think that's going to be an exciting part as well. And obviously that's a little bit of a ways off because now we have like a whole painting excursion to go on. But I think that that part of the project, knock on wood, is <laughs> going to be easier than we think thought your face says one thing and your words (laughs) say another (laughs) i mean i feel like i'm this project like is cursed and so (laughs) i can only curse it more but i'm trying to have positive energy and like put positive energy into it just in case it's willing to give us positive energy back Mm. what if it actually is cursed and we need to like exercise it I don't really know how to go about doing something like that, but I suppose we should get back in, like, woodworker (laughs) internet. (laughs) I feel like that is probably definitely a niche of that. (laughs) What to do if your woodworking project is cursed. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.